Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And welcome to Dice Roll, the queerest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where we ask the hard questions like, how does a Tengu drink from a glass? Are we ready to play some Pathfinder? Yes. That's new. You've never said yes at the start before. I was starting with a new attitude. We're a brand new attitude. <laughs> this is only going to last for one episode. <laughs> Savor it while you can. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dice Will Roll. Hi. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, uh, that means that uh, you are coming along with us on a brand new journey with a brand new cast of characters uh, on a high-level martial arts extravaganza in Fists of the Ruby Phoenix. But we'll get into that in a second. If this is your first time tuning in, some introductions are in order. My name is Derry. I am your gender nonconformist GM. Uh, I use he and they pronouns, whatever. My gender's a non-committed shrug. Hmm. Um, definitely leaning more on the non-committed side, but whatever. And I will be your host in these grand adventures. Uh, I am an animator, I am a storyteller, and I play everyone but the main characters here. Um, and I look forward to telling the story because, hey, this is one I've been looking forward to for some time. Um, and we'll go around the table to our players to see who will be the heroes of this tale. Uh, starting with you, Luna. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Luna. Um, I'm also referred to as KK. Uh, my pronouns are she, they. Also gender nonconforming. I played Casca and Ariado on Dice for Roll previously. And one of my uh one of my favorite moments was probably on Casca when <laughs> they got separated in the last book. <laughs> and she <laughs> took down a boss by herself as the healer. <laughs> I really did think I was gonna do something like here's a giant scary monster. Casca can't take this on What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> no, you can't win! God damn it. Laughs in meteor swarm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, moving around the table, we're gonna hop to Ritz. Ritz, what's uh, going on? I don't know. Um, <laughs> hi, uh, I, <laughs> I'm Ritz. Uh, I, my pronouns are they, them, but I'm also partial to he, him. I don't really mind either of the two. Uh, I am queer. Uh, that's it. 
Um, previously on Dice Roll, I've played uh, Iker and uh, Volio, aka uh, Bimba Bottom Text. Uh, he was an Azamar. The clown? Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was an Azamar barbarian witch clown with a uh, long furby familiar. Um, oh god, I think probably my favorite moment was um, down in the underground circus when they were making a deal with uh, a, a dangerous lich. He made it far more dangerous only for himself just to get on his nerves. <laughs> uh, and steal his hand. That's you it. A- you asked the lich, if I win, can I have your hand? And it yeah, worked. It, it worked, and he he got it. Um, okay. And lastly but leastly... Uh, hey, what style. the fuck? <laughs> lastly but leastly, you are not... <laughs> Redo that. Ouch. <laughs> Redo it. Lastly, lastly <laughs> but certainly not least, is my boyfriend, who I love dearly and won't be angry at me. As the gun is pointed at your head. <laughs> uh, um, hi, I'm Dave. I use he, him. Um, I'm a boy. That's my gender. I'm just a guy. I'm not, not a man. man. boy. I'm just <laughs> a guy. Um, and a character I've played is Alden. Alden Felstad, who's a half-work fighter, and I love him. And my favorite moment with him was when I defeated one of the bosses of a book without killing him, therefore making Derry let me romance him. You could not force me into a tragedy. I don't... I, I, I refuse. I refuse. Um, no death, only love. <laughs> um, so, uh, we are going to be playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition which is another D20 system. If you're familiar with uh, D&D, a lot of this will sound familiar. Uh, The only difference is that uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is a hyper-modular system, meaning every level you get new character choices to make, new class abilities, new spells, obviously, new new ancestry stuff, which is like, you know, your race stuff from D&D, except it evolves as you go along, um, which is fantastic. Uh, We will be explaining the rules as we go, um, because this is going to be a high-level adventure. Um, by now, if you've been listening to Dice Will Roll uh, in any of our previous uh, not-so-connected adventures, which are in the same world, but not, you know, part of the same story, um, you'll probably know Pathfinder 2E relatively well, but there's probably a few new of you around here, right? Um, we hope you enjoy this journey, because we have a real story to tell. And this is going to be, as I've mentioned a few times now, a high level. We're starting at level 11. So, woo! woo. Uh, a high level adventure that takes us all the way to level 20. It should go without saying uh, for everyone that Fist of the Ruby Phoenix is set in Tiansha, the fancy equivalent of uh, Asia in the world of Galarian. This and, is KK uh, and I's time to shine. Yeah, KK <laughs> and Dave are both Asian. Uh, and uh, so... If Asian things happen, it, it's to them that I have to look for guidance. <laughs> have to look for guidance. There's gonna be fists. There's gonna be fervor. There's gonna be fury. Are we ready, everyone? Get started with fists of the Ruby Phoenix. Only if there's also a phoenix somewhere in this. There are some phoenixes here and there. Yeah. If there was not a phoenix, we False would hunt you down. We would hunt yeah. you down. It, it's it's like illegally binding in our contract that we've definitely written. Does mm. the phoenix have to be real? Can it be metaphorical? No. No, it has Fuck. to be real. None of that frou-frou bullshit. Yeah, okay. it has to be real. Well, <laughs> get on that. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, we use foul language in this show, just yes. in case you didn't figure out. I, cuss I, a lot. I can't censor myself even at work. Yeah. I, Are we ready to go? It is so hard. It is so yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Ahem. 
In ages past, in the land of dragons and spirits, there was a young girl, and within her, there burned a fire. This young girl yearned to learn everything there was to know about the world, but she was reckless and cocky, believing herself to be untouchable and powerful. Despite the many warnings given to her by her father, the young girl let her impulses guide her curiosity. It was these impulses that sparked the fire of a horrible accident, a blaze in a museum of great relics that ultimately claimed her life. Distraught by the passing of his daughter, her father paid great expenses to have her resurrected. She returned to life, but now, the fire that had been inside her had grown even more powerful, claiming her as its own. Her once black hair was now red like a ruby, and magic bent to her desires faster than it did to even the most trained of magicians. Reborn, the young girl, Hao Jin, soon came to be known by the moniker of the Ruby Phoenix, the greatest sorcerer in all the world, gifted with the power of immortality. The fires that scorched the museum and brought around the Ruby Phoenix changed her dramatically, and soon she set out to create her own museum, one that would be far greater than the one she had once died in, one with treasures and artifacts unlike any other seen in the world, no, any other in the multiverse. And in this, she succeeded. The Ruby Phoenix collected artifacts that could change the very fabric of reality. She studied lore's taught lost to time. She even learned from a powerful extraplanar scholar who helped her create her own demiplane, a tapestry within which she could store entire communities of people and places at risk of destruction in a safe world for themselves. Haojin ultimately made an arrangement with the Temple of Abadar, the god of commerce and a curator of great museums himself. If she did not return to the Temple of Abadar in Goka after a decade and a day, then she would be declared dead, and a competition of martial arts would be held every decade after that date. Under supervision of the clergy of Abadar, the greatest combatants of the age would compete for the fame and glory of emerging the ultimate warrior. The victor would then choose a single item as a final prize from Haojin's collection. These games would be called the Ruby Phoenix Tournament. Satisfied with this, the Ruby Phoenix soon vanished and was not seen for a great many years. Upholding their side of the agreement, the Church of Abadar enacted her contract and made plans to create the first Ruby Phoenix Tournament. It was on that day 300 years ago that the legacy of the Ruby Phoenix Tournament began. And yet, soon after the tournament of the last decade, something nobody expected happened. Hao Jin returned to Galarian, bringing with her untold knowledge from other planes. The city of Goka, her home, rejoiced, and she rejoiced with them. Some thought that with her return, the tournament would end. But far from it. Hao Jin declared that the next Ruby Phoenix tournament would happen under her watchful eye and it would be the greatest in the history of the world. And so we find ourselves in the present, watching over a boat sailing through the sea, one ray to take part in the latest of this historical adventure. Welcome one and all to Fists of the Ruby Phoenix, Book One, Despair on Danger Island. <laughs> The sea churns, 
and the smell of salt tinges the air. Three figures stand aboard the deck of a crowded, uh, a crowded ship, watching as an island on the horizon draws ever closer. This, of course, is the island of Bonmu, also known now as Danger Island, a name brought up by the Ruby Phoenix herself. On this ship, we see about 50 or 60 brightly colored adventures from around the world. We see some goblins juggling fireballs. We see a viking with uh, missing an arm and kind of like staring off into the distance as she waits for the ship to get to its destination. Is that a... That one's a robot. There's a robot over there. <laughs> there's a robot? Yeah, uh-huh. there's a there's a space robot. Fuck. Cool. There That's are sick. people from around the world and evidently from beyond. Every single person on this ship has been personally selected by Hao Jin herself. There are more ships. Uh, there's about five or six ships, each carrying about as many. Among these, you would say about 300, 400 people, there are 32 teams of adventurers. And standing atop one of the boats, we see three people, <clears throat> all of whom are in one team together. A team that has signed up with the name The Radiant Winds. We're going to go around the table and introduce these heroes. I'll describe the hero, and uh, the player can then hop in and tell me a little bit about them. Name, pronouns, class and ancestry, and just just a little bit about them as a person. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to start with uh, the tallest person here. Uh... (laughs) They are a a tan-skinned human, at least at first glance. Um, They wear an orange kind of shirt, which exposes one arm and then has like a dark blue sleeve on the other arm. Uh, A golden belt around some sorrel pants. They got got weapons, dude. They got like uh, a small sword behind, uh, like strapped to their back. They got two sides, uh, like on their belt. Um, Long dark brown hair that's kind of like... uh, tied together and over their front. And this is where we start realizing it's not a a human being. Uh, Because they've got golden eyes uh, with slit pupils and two beautiful fluffy (laughs) foxtails. Luna, will you introduce your character for us? Well, this is Masami Takahara and they are a Magus rolled a Megas Rogue Multiclass. Okay. So, for people at home, a Magus is uh, a... What if a wizard knew how to use a sword? Um, they are an, a martial a martial class, like a fighter or a rogue, but uh, they channel magic into their attacks to perform powerful spell strikes. Um, Masami here is a uh, Magus who is multiclassing into a rogue which means that they also have some uh, minor rogue abilities. Tell us a little bit more about them, because this is not a human being, obviously. No, they are a kitsune. They are an empty Woo! sky kitsune. Uh, they have them pronouns. Like you said, they are the tallest in the group, which is 
five eight. <laughs> Short group this year. Yeah. Um, they have a pretty lean, uh, slightly muscular build. Like Derry said, that they uh, they have uh, two commas strapped to their sides and on the back attached uh, to their pants by the gold belt is a chokuto, which is um, a very old Japanese sword that has that is a uh, single edge and uh, straight rather than a katana, which is curved. Yeah, so the only kitsune feature that they really have is their tails and their eyes. Other than that, nothing else. They're in their hybrid form currently, and that's kind of how they usually stay. Okay. Um, so next to Masami, uh, we see slightly shorter figure, but not by much. They're wearing, um, a, a black top, which has both, like, uh, arms exposed. Um, they got one of those big bead necklaces. You know the ones. You've seen, uh, you've seen martial arts. Um, their skin is pale gray, almost a little teal, would you say? Yeah, it's teal. Um, they've got lilac hair that's very, like, uh, fluffy. Um, they've got a little pigtail coming out from it. Um, the hair obscures their face, uh, mostly, uh, but it does kind of, like, show off their nose and mouth, uh, which has two little fangs coming out. Um, around their waist, they've got a belt, which has a load of, like, different objects on it. Um, like, haphazardously, they've got, like, a Fulu scroll, They've got, um, like, a little piece of hair that's just, like, uh, tucked in a bunch. Um, they are certainly a sight to behold. Ritz, will you tell me a little bit about your character? Of course. Uh, this is Chuji. She Chuji. Uh, first name Chuji, last name she. Uh, they are a monk. Mm-hmm. And they're also a Rushi, which is a type of Dampir. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what kind of jump here exactly? Specifically, they are the offspring of uh, Zhangqi. Ooh, a hopping vampire. Yes, a hopping vampire. Yes, yes. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're uh, about pronouns as well, right? Yes, Chuji is non-binary okay. and uses they them strictly. Uh, they are about five four. Shortest okay. character I've played on Dice Roll. <laughs> <laughs> by a lot, actually. Uh, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> I think like by a whole foot. Yeah, by so much. Uh, Icarus um, is six feet. Volley was seven and a half. Um, <laughs> now, Shuji is also has an archetype. An archetype being a uh, kind of subclass that you can take on top of everything else. Yes. Um, that's what how uh, Masami is multiclassing into Rogue. But you have an entirely different thing, don't you? Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um. Do you want to tell us about? It? Of course. Shuji uh, specifically has the archetype of Monster Mage. Uh, Ooh, monster mage. Okay. Yeah, that lets me take uh, spells and abilities from monsters I defeat. Yeah, if you meet a monster that can cast spells like uh, Truth's Body, not like you know a wizard ogre or something. I'm talking like a dragon that can just cast spells because it's a fucking dragon. <laughs> you can take a tribute from them, like I don't know a scale or a toot. And you can get magic from it. That's what yep. all the stuff around your belt is. It's trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but you have a second archetype, too. Green. I do. 
Uh, you s picked up a second one because there weren't enough options for you to only be a monster mage. So what's mm -hmm. the second archetype? Talisman dabbler. <laughs> I get to make my own. You just get to make your own little trinkets and gizmos that you can get magic from uh, <laughs> every day, huh? Exactly. Shuji just has a belt full of stuff at all times. Yeah, a little rope around their waist. Okay. And um, then, standing next to Chuji, the shortest of the bunch, and definitely the youngest, even looking at him, he looks to be no more than 18. Yeah, he's got a teal blue, like really properly teal blue. Not gray teal like uh, Chuji. Teal teal skin. <laughs> um, he has uh, little fish fins around his face, uh, white hair, um, a really nice outfit, all things considered, with like puffy sleeves, uh, a kind of like peach pink cape, um, little shorts and little boots, um, <laughs> and uh, a staff that looks uh, like nearly a transparent tube with uh, multicolored spheres inside that kind of glow a little bit. Um, from their head, they grow a set of uh, almost antler looking pieces of coral. They've got a little uh, tiara, which is also made of coral. And uh, their left arm is uh, missing, replaced by a prosthetic, uh, which has kind of like a almost holographic uh, fish scale texture over it. Um, as this young man smiles, uh, a creature pokes its head out of his bag. A little dragon. Um, not a particular scary looking one. Uh, it is a uh, dragon with a head that looks almost like a carp's. Um, they've got sleepy looking eyes and a big dumb smile and big old whiskers. Um, and most importantly, a, a set of horns. Uh, also very similar to the one that uh, the boy has. So, Dave, can you tell me a little bit about your character? Okay, this is Sanku, the Witch Prince of the Sea. Full um, name? <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, I'm pretty sure that his legal name is just Sanku, but he added the Witch Prince of the Sea, and <laughs> it, he just doesn't write it on the legal documents because it's long. Um, he uses he, him only, but he's a non-binary boy, th like, uh, the same way that I am. Um, and he is a witch, um, mm -hmm. which is obvious from his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you tell me, Dave, what what his patron is? Because witches, uh, for people back home who are not used to Pathfinder, are very similar to warlocks. Uh, they are granted power from above by a mysterious patron. Uh, except rather than uh, the way that a warlock works, it gives them the full powers of a wizard with, like, you know, a kind of supernatural twist. Uh, it gives them a familiar who will do that patron's bidding. Um, and usually patrons will have different teams. Like, for example, you might have a uh, a fortune-telling patron who might give you, I don't know, a sparrow or something to help you. Or you might have an ice-teamed patron. But what do you have? What is your thing? Um, my patron is a sea patron. Which That's new. I think you made, question mark? Yes, I did make it. Um, so you are using a custom patron, uh, the mm -hmm. sea patron. Oh, written by yours truly, as part of Witches Plus, a Pathfinder Infinite title, uh, which dropped last week, featuring a ton of new class options for the witch, from new feats to new lessons to suggested changes to the base class to make it more on the same level as other spellcasters. Um, basically, you have a patron who gives you the power of the sea. 
Now let's talk about that. Uh, first off, your ancestry is also C-teamed, right? What are you? Yeah, he's uh, he's an Undyne. Mm-hmm. Um, what's an Undyne? Which, uh, an Undyne, I think, is... Um, what's the equivalent in, in D&D? The... A water Ganassi. Yeah, the, the, Gana- the Ganassi are four different... Um, ancestries in um, in Pathfinder, but they do similar ones. Um, mm-hmm. And I picked the Undyne, um, so he's like water themed. Obviously, he's got yeah. uh, fishy traits, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the hence the fins on his face where his ears would be, and the coral and the being blue thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he. Yeah. Now most most uh, Undyne are descended from creatures of the plane of water, but that's not true for Sanku, is it? Yeah, uh, he's descended from his patron, um, who is a sea dragon. Yeah, a mighty sea dragon. Now, Damn. the familiar in your bag nice is also a mighty waiting. sea dragon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he's very helpful and lovely, and he is so mighty. So <laughs> your so small. patron is your familiar, is mm-hmm. your ancestor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hence why he's called Lolo. <laughs> yeah, his name is... Uh, Lolo Sadagat. Mm-hmm. Lolo is Tagalog, right? That's a Tagalog mm-hmm. word. What's it mean? Lolo's what you'd call like a grandpa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like abuelita or, or grandma. Yeah. Or, and Lolo Sadagat yeah. means granddad of the sea. Um, as for your archetype, Sanku, uh, because everyone has an archetype, you have the spell trickster. Yeah. Uh, so, which is a archetype that lets you take... Um, feats which let you cast spells in strange new ways. For example, one of the feats you have lets you cast Tether, which usually ties you to another person, uh, is called Red String of Fate, which lets you cast Tether between two people, binding them together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, We're using an expansion to the official spell trickster, Dustin Knight's uh, Infinite Spell Trickster, uh, which you can find on Pathfinder Infinite. Anyway, your familiar patron ancestor uh, is here to help you on your journey uh, as are all your friends and gang I think now's a good time to throw you all into character you are all on the decks of one of the uh, boats bringing competitors of the Ruby Phoenix to the pre-qualifying stage you are headed towards the island of Bun Mu also known as Danger Island. So what you guys know about Bun Mu, in short, is that once upon a time, it was the crown of the ancient Tamatan Empire uh, before the empire was devastated by floods and earthquakes and the uh, land was shattered into an archipelago of what we now know to be the Minasan Islands, which is the fantasy Philippines. Um, Bun Mu was abandoned for quite some time before an expedition of uh, Minatan people came and uh, set up an island community. Until I shit you not, um, (laughs) a hundred years ago, the island was attacked by a giant kaiju dinosaur laser vret, um, the legendary King Mogaru, who destroyed the entire island on a rampage. Um, People fled, they never came back, they basically said, well, Bunmu is cursed. Let's not go back there. And that's just kind of how it's been for a while, which is why Haojin has selected this place to be the site of the Ruby Phoenix uh, pre-qualifiers. So I'm going to give you guys some time to uh, discuss with each other. Fellas, the floor is yours. 
Um, I just want to make this clear. Earlier you said they're standing. That's not true for yeah. 2G. Uh, they're hanging over the edge of the boat. What the fuck do you mean they're hanging over the edge of the boat? I mean that they they've got like their arms over like the, the the like railing. They look greener than usual. They hate being on the water. <laughs> oh no. Asami and uh, Sanku, uh Chuji doesn't look so well. How, how what are you guys doing? Um I think Sanku is looking at at Chuji like um leaning over the boat but turned towards towards them and is like are you okay give me a second just give me a second i need to looking Hold away on. i'm looking away <laughs> <laughs> they they do not throw up i'm making that clear uh masami i think is on the other side of chuji not facing the water they're kind of like cool guy leaning on the railing <laughs> with their arms crossed and when Juju says wait a second wait a moment they uncross one of their hands to like gently pat Juju on the back like okay, <laughs> it's alright fine we're, all, we're almost there we're almost there why do things have to be on the sea I think the sea's great well Juju uh, a little head pokes out of the bag you know that the greatest things come from the sea I'm sure oh I'm so sure Lolo I'm glad that we agree. <laughs> Misami sniffs the air and goes, I smell bias. <laughs> now what does that mean, my friend? <laughs> Nothing, oh great sea dragon. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Sanku, you could learn something about politeness from your companions. <laughs> I am plenty polite. I am plenty Mas- polite. Misami flashes Sanku a smile and just winks. You people are evil to me. <laughs> um, Lolo kind of like uh, flicks out his bag and flies around in circles for a second before perching on the railing uh, beside uh, Chuji and says, Enough joking around, though. This is a great time for you all. You've all worked so hard and I cannot wait to see you in action. Especially you, young Senku, after all the training you've done. I'm always super powerful and strong. Of course, and you've been doing all your homework, which I'm very proud of you for doing. Uh-huh. I sure have. And he smiles <clears throat> and coughs and looks away. But, but all of you, are you excited for this? I know I certainly am. I'm excited to get off this fucking boat. Now, Chuji, remember to watch your language. <laughs> you don't want to be a bad influence on Sanku. I want to be a gosh, bad influence am... on this water below the ship. <laughs> I am 18. <laughs> he's heard me say worse. <laughs> I think he's heard all of us say worse. Like, <laughs> doesn't mean I can't stop. I, I should stop trying. <laughs> I, I, Lolo, I, I very much do appreciate you, you trying. However, not going to fucking happen. Sighs and skitters back into your bag, and uh, I think moments later you hear a um, contestants, and you all look, and it is a guy in an orange suit, uh, kind of like a monk's gi, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that this is one of the enforcers of the tournament. These are the guys who are going to be like making sure that you, you know, play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, he clears his throat and says, "Would every team please come to your rowboats?" We will be landing momentarily. 
Hey, St. Coot, show me that strength mm-hmm. and help me walk over to there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, Sanku goes to help uh, Chuji. Okay. Um. Well, you guys head down and uh, get on the boat. And uh, soon, about 32 rowboats, well, probably a little bit more. Some of these teams are really big. Hmm. Make their way down to the island of Bunmu. Uh, and so you've all landed uh, <laughs> soon after. Chuji, uh, I assume you fall to the floor, kissing the ground, and then spitting up because it's sandy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. The shore of this island resembles uh, a jungle. Uh, you're kind of like on a beach clearing now, and uh, there's lots of people. Again, even more adventures that you like have, you're like just taking in. You see horsemen. Uh, riding atop horses and wielding firearms with, like, long-brimmed hats. Uh, one might recognize them as cowboys if they were us. <gasps> oh, oh my god. Yes! Um, another team uh, seems to be a group of pirates from the Shackles. Oh. Um, uh, archers from Assyrian, the land of pyramids and mummies, mm-hmm. etc., etc. There's, like, so, so many people. Um, not all these people are from Tiansha, obviously. They're from the entire rest of the world. After all, these are the greatest of Galarian. Uh, what do you guys do as you kind of like, uh, you know, move around? You're picking up your stuff from uh, the boats that was transporting all the goods. What do? I think I think Sanku is probably making sure everything is like um, is there and in their bags and ready. Hmm. Uh, Shuji's scoping out the team see who looks strong yeah Masami's doing the same thing uh, well actually if you would like I would let you all roll a perception check our first roll of the campaign to see if you can see anyone who looks particularly tough I would love that I accidentally opened the spell section and I was shocked by the amount of things <laughs> uh, this is going to be a secret check Yes. So, uh, we are using, unlike previous campaigns, Foundry Virtual Tabletop, which means that I can finally properly follow the rules most of the time because the Foundry does most of it itself. (laughs) Um, This means that I can now ask for secret rolls, rolls where I know the result, but you guys don't, which means I can use this advanced GM tactic called lying. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I would love if you all rolled a secret perception check. All right. I did mine. Okay, yeah. Um, I think you guys all noticed some pretty strong teams. Um, Masami, uh, you notice a team which seems to be just two tieflings. Um, the two tieflings by themselves, however, they're dressed very flamboyantly, and they walk with like a real swagger, which lets you know that these guys probably think the world of themselves. Um... As one of them walks past you, he flashes a smile and you see he's got, like, uh, really sharp teeth and long red hair to accompany his kind of, like, pale, uh, almost, obs- like, um, marble-white skin. And he winks at you and you're like, ugh, don't like him. <laughs> I think Misami just, like, flips their hair back and rolls their eyes. <laughs> Sanku, uh, where you are, um, I think you notice 
a uh, team of people, um, all also from Tianxia. Uh, a man, a kitsune, a tengu, and a goblin. Um, and they're kind of like yanking their bags along the shore behind them. Um, and maybe they packed a little bit too much. They don't look really strong, but they look like they're having fun. <laughs> they're smiling and laughing with each other. Um, Chuji, you see... Did some asshole bring a, bring a fucking rock? Like, not What's an R-O-C-K, an R-O-C. What's a rock? <laughs> you know, a giant bird that can pick up elephants. Ooh. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, you see, like, uh, some asshole... Like, and, like, his team are, like, hanging out beside this giant bird. <laughs> and you're like, wait, is the bird on the team? What? That can't be right. <laughs> okay. Kind of sick. Yeah, especially since the rock has, oh, I should probably have mentioned, glowing golden eyes. Uh, <coughs> sure, why not? Excuse me? It's probably nothing. Uh, yeah, sure, it's probably nothing. Darius um, using that advanced GMing technique right now. <laughs> yeah, um, well, the advanced GMing technique is you don't know if any of these teams are actually strong or not. These yeah. are just the ones that caught your eye. Senku looks at Chujin's like, so, what's your thoughts on the competition now that you're not puking off the side of the boat? Hmm. <laughs> uh, Chujin's like stroking their chin, uh, looking thoughtful, but also like a dumbass. Um, and they're like, I think that I would love to fight some of these people, but also at the same time, some of these comps are a little bit fucked. <laughs> so we're gonna have to find a way around that. I saw a giant fucking bird. I think it might be on a team. Maybe you can find some worms to distract it later on. <laughs> Is, do you think that'll work? No, birds eat worms, don't they? Can I summon a worm? Can you? Can I summon a worm? Uh, Lolo hops out on your shoulder and says, Unfortunately, Sanku, you did not prepare summon an animal. Next time, make, perhaps doing so will allow you to distract the giant are, bird. Are we sure that the, the worms would be sufficiently big enough? Well, how large is the bird? Friend Chuji, point us in the direction. Uh, Chuji looks around and is it still it's, around? Is it still it, it's a, where's it gonna go? You're on a beach. I don't know, fucking a, sky. It's a bird. Um, it's probably over there hanging out with uh, some of the other giant monsters, which apparently are on teams. So true. Uh, Chuji points over there, and they're about like, uh, and they and they say probably like that big. Hmm. We're going to need larger worms. Oh, can you summon, like, a death worm or something? Like, the big ones? Perhaps we shall have to hold back on what we summon and don't summon until we know a little bit more. Um, Lolo kind of floats over onto your shoulder, Masami, and says, But have we not noticed? There's a lot of people here for simply 32 teams. Well, maybe... Well, I didn't see that there was a, uh... a requirement for how many people were on a team, so maybe there's a... Maybe there's just six on one. Or more. Perhaps! Well, only time shall tell, but I can already feel that this place will have some of the greatest challenges that the Radiant Winds have ever faced. Yeah, we'll see. You guys should be more excited! It's the Ruby Phoenix Tournament. 
I'm excited, um, don't get me wrong. I just trained my whole life. These losers aren't gonna be much of a fight. I'm waiting for the real tournament. What if they've been trained their whole life and yeah. you just don't know it yet? They've been training in a lamer way than I have, so it doesn't really matter. Chuji, you are so silly. True. You, yes. You are silly, and I think you are... I am going to have to save you one day because you are so silly. I think that I can take care of myself, and I'll have to save you, maybe. No, I don't think that that's right. <laughs> Still on your shoulder, Masami. Lolo in a low mumble says, Something tells me, Masami, that you'll be the one saving them. Uh, if it comes to that, it comes to that. Right now, let's not worry about that kind of outcome. Indeed! Mm -hmm. So, um, however, after a few minutes of this, um, a hush begins to fall over the crowd, and you all kind of look. Something is happening. The enforcers are getting to place. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I think Chuji would definitely go and peek. Peek you do, because someone is stepping out. An old man kind of, like, moves out from the crowd of enforcers. Uh, he's got, like, one of those um, mustaches and beards, you know, a long strand of hair from his chin and then two long whiskers and long white hair. Um, he wears, like, a traditional hat mm -hmm. with a phoenix emblazoned onto it, and his coats are all orange. Uh, standing beside him are more of those monks in Shaolin robes on, like, all sides. Um, among them, you see, like, a hobgoblin who appears to be a captain. Uh, and then at the back, towering over everyone else, is a massive fucking Oni. Like, she is maybe 14 <gasps> oh feet my... tall. Yeah. She is fat and holy beautiful. Shit. And holy shit, those are big teeth. Uh, <laughs> I am extremely bisexual. <laughs> and then the man speaks in a loud and clear voice. I am Sifu Shonuo, emissary of the Ruby Phoenix and guardian of the legacy of Hao Jin, the immortal sorcerer in whose name you are gathered here. <gasps> know that in simply receiving an invitation to qualify for the tournament, You've already earned a place among the greatest fighters Galarian has ever known. Despite all this, only eight teams may continue onto the tournament proper. That is why you are here today. Welcome to the island of Bunmu, or as dubbed by Lady Haojin, Danger Island. This will be your home for the next few days. And it is here where you will earn the right to enter the tournament. Bonmu is vast. It is a place of ancient ruins and sites left untouched by the centuries. Lady Haojin has reclaimed this place and picked out a suitable location for each team to reside during their stay. Of course, nothing is given freely at the Ruby Phoenix tournament. Each team has been assigned a specific location somewhere on this island, but many of the sites are filled with dangerous creatures or worse. It falls to you to make your site safe. Within your residence, you will find the Phoenix Necklace and Tree Silver Feathers. Your mission here is to acquire and keep seven more such Silver Feathers for a total of ten. 
Without further delay, I leave you to the whims of Bonmu. The pre-qualifier begins at sunrise tomorrow, after which you will have three days to explore this island and recover the ten silver feathers. Only those who have the ten silver feathers, and those first eight to have them, shall enter the Ruby Phoenix tournament itself. May the worthiest win! And with that, he kind of like taps his like uh, staff on the floor, and uh, the teams burst into excited conversation as uh, kind of um, escorts from the enforcers begin to walk out towards all of you. Danger Island awaits. <laughs> uh, Chidi's jumping up and down, like side to side. They're so fucking excited. Well, you certainly recover from the boat ride. Oh, fuck the boat ride. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm just ready to get those feathers. All we need is ten, and you already start with three. Right? Yep. That was right, right? Yeah. Um, well, technically, sir, you start with zero. Huh? And a woman approaches you, wearing the same enforcer's uniform as uh, everyone else. Um, she is Tianmin, that's uh, fancy Japanese. And uh, she is very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, she has uh, short hair tied into a bun. Uh, she has a pair of round glasses and um, a kind of like prim and proper smile as she approaches. Uh, and she kind of bows a little bit towards you and says, My name is Tanizaki Hikari. I will be your escort. It's nice to meet you. I will follow you around Danger Island and help you oh. and the best I can to follow the rules of this tournament. Okay. Cool. I am Sanku, the Witch Prince of the Sea. Yes, Sanku, Witch Prince of the Sea. I've uh, I've read your entry. You must be Masami Takahara and she Chuji, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I was about to ask, uh, what the fuck did you just say? Uh, not starting with three feathers? Oh, well, uh, as uh, Master Shifuno said, um, nothing on Danger Island is given for free. You need to earn those first three feathers. I will be taking you to your home base. And there are three feathers within but your home base is in itself a challenge. Today is, if you will, day zero of the qualifiers. You have the rest of the day to clear out your home base of any dangers and reclaim the treasures within. Well, sick, let's get going then. What are we waiting for? Well, if all of you are ready, uh, I'll begin okay. and I'll instruct you on the rules of the festival. Okay. Um, I think we're ready. We don't have anything else to did it beforehand, I don't think. Um, she kind of smiles and she brings you uh, on your way. And now, everyone, I am so, so glad to uh, show you the map of Danger Island. Yes. This is such a really, really pretty map. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. I love how they did this. So, um... As you kind of walk through the jungle, um, your uh, enforcer, uh, she begins to kind of explain to you the rules of this whole tournament. So, uh, the qualifying round has a number of grand rules. The commands of the emissary and their agents are to be obeyed at all times. And the emissary, that is uh, Master Sifu Shuo no, is final. 
none shall take violent action against the emissary or his agents. Uh, the emissary employs a number of enforcers, such as myself, to maintain order on the island. The enforcers are agents of the emissary, and so have the authority to declare unique challenges and matches. To qualify for the Ruby Phoenix Tournament, a team must collect a total of 10 silver feathers. You can attempt to earn feathers by challenging another team to a match and wagering feathers. Are you with me so far? Got it. Yes. All teams must be able to readily present their Phoenix necklace, to which the feathers will be attached. If you do not have at least one silver feather or a Phoenix necklace when an enforcer asks to see it, you will be immediately disqualified. Noted. No contestant may leave Bunmu for any reason until the conclusion of the qualifying round, unless you are disqualified or lose all your silver feathers. Mm -hmm. The qualifying round lasts a total of three days. On the third day, any team with a complete set of feathers can visit Mount Haminabu to confirm their entry into the tournament by presenting their necklace and ten feathers. Once eight teams have qualified for the tournament, the qualifying round is over, and all remaining teams are immediately disqualified. Those are the rules of the tournament. Do you follow? Got it. Do we have to wear the necklaces around our neck? No, you don't. No, you simply must have them on your purse. Perfect. Got it. I think we're good then. Um, wonderful. Uh, as you're all kind of tromping through the pretty tropical uh, weather, I'll say that <laughs> much, um, she kind of points around a little bit, and uh, she has handed you all a map, right? Yeah. And she says, um, so this is a map of Bunmu. You're going to need it, so make sure you keep it safe. Here are the important sites. You are going to be staying at a Temple of Irori. Uh, do you guys want to make a quick religion uh, check? Sure. Alright. A secret roll. Uh, so I think all of you know about Irori. Even if Chuji and Masami, both of you don't know much, you all do know who he is. Uh, Irori is the god of discipline, of, uh, personal perfection of uh, inner peace. Um, he's kind of the god of monks, if you will. Um, he was once a human who found uh, basically nirvana through his meditation and ascended to divinity. And he teaches all his followers to be as perfect as he was. So you know that you're going that your base will be a temple of Aurora. Pretty cool. Um, Pretty cool. Miss Akari uh, keeps pointing at the map, though, and says, um, there are multiple fighting arenas which have been designated by uh, the enforcers. Uh, the closest arena to your place is a ruin uh, not too far from the Temple of Aurora. If you ever want to uh, fight other teams, you will need to approach a ruin. You can't just fight out in the open. We don't want people getting too hurt. Mm-hmm. Um... Also nearby, you will see, uh, and she points, um, that we have a stone market near you. What? Huh? 
the stone markets, it's something that we've come up with ourselves. Uh, small stone shacks. From within, you will be able to purchase anything you desire. Anything? Anything. Anything. And I I mean that quite genuinely, sir. Huh. I'll take you up on that, I guess. I'd rather not ruin the surprise. And for a brief moment, uh, there is like an actual very genuine smile on uh, Hikari's very business-like face. Uh, she actually seems very genuinely excited about <laughs> you guys Cute. seeing the stone market. Whatever that is. I will say that the stone markets may end up being a hotspot for uh, team activity, so be aware you may find some fighters there. Oh, right. Okay. When the three days starts, there's no yes. rules, right? Aside from, of course, no lethality. Well, I, I did go through all the rules. No, 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 no. But, like, you can just ambush someone anywhere, can't you? You must consent to a match and wager your uh, fetters. It would be... You could jump them, I suppose. Well, then what if no one consents to a match? Then they won't win any fetters. Huh. Cowardice will not bring you victory. Everyone will be scratching for a fight. Cool. The last thing is uh, you will see on your map marked in several places with flags transport towers these are towers which are magically uh, uh, tuned to teleport you to any other transport tower on the entire island of Bogu, oh, cool. of which there are a total of five allowing you to explore anywhere so that you so choose the transport towers are no combat areas you may not fight someone who has come out of a transport tower and you may not pick fights with people attempting to go through transport towers that makes cool. a lot of sense <laughs> That's no really spawn cool. camping. Lastly, and she turns to you and says, In the event of debt, uh huh. The Phoenix Necklace is a powerful artifact. And while it is, serves as a fun and handy keychain for your silver feathers, it can be used to resurrect the dead in exchange for silver feathers. However, I think it is in everyone's best interest that you leave the Phoenix Resurrections for Lady Hauji and herself. Well, uh, none of us plan on dying, so. <laughs> Noted. Uh, well, we're almost there. And with no complications, you should be able to start. And just as she's saying that, you hear a voice calling out to you all. Hey, uh, you guys over there! I. Huh? Oh, hi! And as hi. you treat as you treat <laughs> turn, you see a couple of people. Um, actually, Sanku, they're the team that you saw struggling with the bags on the beach. <laughs> um, and as you're all kind of like uh, watching them uh, kind of emerge from the jungle, you see they're being chased by a very tired enforcer who's like, "No, guys, come back." Um. <laughs> And <laughs> no guys come. <laughs> uh, the team are a motley bunch to say the least. Uh, the first of whom is a human man. Uh, he's probably in his 40s. Um, maybe even his 50s, I'll be real. Um, he oh. is uh, uh, Chan Sing, he's Filipino. 
and um, oh. he's wearing like an orange uh, monk's robe with like a white belt and like white wraps around his uh, his uh, forearms, uh, hair tied into a bun, uh, and a big tattoo of uh, the symbol of a Rory on his chest. Mm. And this is the man who is calling out to you as he's uh, waving you guys down. It's like, hey, hey, sorry, uh, didn't mean to bother, bother you all, uh, but uh, <coughs> I think we're neighbors. Oh, hi. Huh, cool. As he's kind of like talking, uh, one of the other teammates emerges, and it's a Tengu, which is essentially a crow person. Uh, a Tengu who uh, they are missing like one eye, they've got like a scar over their eye. And they're wearing kind of scholar's robes, and you see like a sword in a sheet. And the Tengu's mm-hmm. like, Tino, Tino, no, we really should get straight to our base and start clearing up if we want to get silver feathers. We can, we can do this in the morning. And this Tino guy's like, Oh, hush now, Malako. Let's, we're having fun. Hey, uh, guys, come on, I found them. Um, also coming out from the jungle is a Kitsune. Uh, unlike Yumasami, this kitsune has uh, white fur, and they are uh, very visibly a kitsune. Like, they have a fox head and fur, uh, and they have tree tails rather than two. <gasps> the bitch. <laughs> um, she walks uh, very confidently, uh, arms folded. Uh, she, she's she got, like, you know, a real, like... I can't put it any other way. She's got a real sexy confidence to her, you know? Uh, and Uh as she walks over her kimono maybe open a little too low Um, she's like well I'm glad you were able to find fun so quickly Tino hello everyone sorry about him that's okay no worries also stumbling out is the fattest goblin you've ever seen I love him her she is she is a big woman holy Um, crap she has uh, probably like she's like very very round um, also mm-hmm. nearly twice the height of a normal goblin goblins are usually like two feet tall she's like probably bordering on four feet oh shit she is huge for a goblin that's a big goblin uh, and she's dragging like a big club over her shoulder and she's like yeah hi everyone hey and hey uh, this Tino guy steps forward and he kind of bows as Hey, sorry, uh, my name's Tino Tung, uh, and this is my team, Tino's Toughest. Great to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Good to meet you. Uh, this is, uh, Malako, uh, my best friend since we were kids. And I know Tango kind of hello. Uh, this is <laughs> Zumi, uh, our, our fire sorceress companion. And she kind of takes an extravagant bow and says, the pleasure's all mine. And uh, this is Gig, the big goblin. And Gig's like, yeah! (laughs) And uh, Tino looks back to you all and says, uh, so who are you guys? What's your names? Uh, Well, you had the pleasure of meeting the Radiant Winds. The Radiant Winds, huh? Wow, that's a cool name. That's much better than Tino's toughest. (laughs) Right? It was a really long time to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm Chuji. Hey, awesome I'm to meet Sanku. you, man. Sanku, hey, awesome. nice to meet you, man. He kind of comes over, he's like sucking you guys' shoulder. He's, this is the world's <laughs> biggest dad. 
<laughs> I like him already. Unfortunately, he is also kind of hot. Uh, yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> and, Thank uh, God. you, uh, what's your name, uh, a friend? He kind of looks at you, Masami. Masami blinks twice and just gives, like, a an okay, okay, my dude smile and says, Masami. Masami, awesome, man! Awesome to meet you. <laughs> so, uh, we're actually just in the next, uh, like, we're, we're actually a little bit off course, and, like, the enforcer says you're half a mile away from where you're supposed to be. And he's like, yeah, yeah, for, for, for sure, for sure. Uh, and uh, he just kind of, like, smiles openly as he's looking at us. Wow, you guys, this is a crazy place to be, huh? You ever think you'd be in a place like this? Oh, absolutely. I've been training my whole fucking life for it. Wow, but you're still kind of young, right? You're like, what? Uh... 23. 20? Whoa! Wow, you're like as old as my kids. Oh my god. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> oh my god. I'm 18. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. You guys are just babies and you're already here at the world's greatest fighting tournament? That's crazy! Yeah! Cool stuff, man. Good stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm just a pretty good witch. <laughs> what, is this your first time here? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, we're... Oh. I don't know how we even got in. We're, like, good, but, you know, we've always got room to improve. And Malaka, like, rarely pretended, you know? I know I know you love to make friends, but really, we we should be focusing on... Hey, you. no. It's good to get to know who you're going to fight tomorrow. Uh, Zumi, uh, the Kitsune kind of nods. And says, I have to agree. It's wonderful to go back to competition, especially since you all look so strong. Of course, yeah. this is my last gig with Tino's Toughest. I'll strike out on my own after this. And a uh, gig kind of chortles like, That's what she said the last time, and the time before that, and the time before- Ow! She just kicked her. <laughs> um, Tino then turns back to this. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Uh, we've met a lot of people on our adventures, but there's always more to learn. When we got word we were invited to take part in the Ruby Phoenix tournament, you know, we left the chance to travel to a new place and test our strength against worthy opponents. It would be uh, quite a ting to earn one of Haojin's great treasures, but... Man, as long as we're having fun and making memories, I don't think any of us would regret losing the tournament. <laughs> Sanku... was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I definitely would, so get your signatures in now, before I win. You guys think you're gonna make it to the top? Absolutely. Hey man, I see the spark of potential in you all. You look so strong. Hey, hey, what was that you said earlier, uh, Miss, uh, um, friend Chuji? Was it, uh, 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 the people we're gonna fight tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Hey man, why not today? Why not now? Uh, Chuji looks at, uh, Hikari, like, with a, <laughs> is this okay? She's, like, shrugging. She's like, eh? there's no rules against it, but, I mean, you know. can we wager? Or is that for after the three days? You, you don't have any feathers yet. That yeah. That's true. actually true. There's nothing to really gain from fighting now. Hey, that's not true at all! Tino kind of steps forward, and he punches his hands together, and there's, like, an audible crack as he does that. Um, Ow? 
like none of his hands of like sound. He punched oh. real fast. Whew. Oh wow! There's something to gain out of every fight, learning and experiences. This might not be something for uh, any of your, you know, of the the feathers and stuff, but it is a way to like learn what it means to fight here on Danger Island, right? This will be your very first fight here. It doesn't have to be for fetters. It doesn't have to be till the end. How about we just spire it out and see who comes out on top? See if you really are worthy of winning the tournament, right? Now you're speaking my language. Uh, Zumi <laughs> kind of like comes like, you know, that does sound really good is the problem. And Gig waves his clubbing around like, fight! Let's go! Let's, let's throw fists! Yeah! <laughs> and Malaka was like are, are we really are we really doing this <laughs> I was giving them a very sympathetic look of like <laughs> I, I'm with there with you but I've, we're outnumbered <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I, th- I think I think Chuji's right I think that we should fight I think it would be fun hey man that's that's awesome that's gonna be great man uh hey how about, uh, hey, Enforcer Man, you said there was, like, uh, a ruin nearby we could fight in? And the Enforcer Man nods slowly, <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> yep, the ruin's just that way, half a mile on. You you do know that you're going to have to... Yeah, 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 man, for sure. Come on, let's go! <laughs> and with that, you, they start marching on, and you guys have a moment to reconvene before... Following them to your first fight. Well, we were gonna get the feathers. True. We could just do it afterwards, though. But let's hope we're not losing time. I don't think they have feathers either. No. Uh. There are, like, 30-something other teams. <laughs> that could also be getting feathers. Like, right at this moment. Well, it would just be their three feathers, probably. Yeah. Uh, Hikari pokes, uh, pokes up her head and says, Yes, um, wagers aren't actually allowed until tomorrow. Okay, so it'll just be... Okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Then we're not really wasting any time other than just the time that we need to get the three. Yeah, we just have to find them before we go to bed. It won't be very difficult to find. The ruins aren't massive. Uh, after a few minutes of walking, though, you get to the battleground. Ooh. And uh, so let me describe this place. It is gorgeous. Um, a giant pool of water sits in the middle of a clearing where tree roots kind of like make giant snaking uh, like hills for you all. Um, a broken bridge tries to cross the water and all around there's like uh, standing pillars left from long forgotten buildings. This place was probably a ruin before Bunmu was even abandoned. Mm-hmm. Tino turns to you all and he kind of bows and says okay everyone let's make sure to do our very best here and let the best team win and he assumes the battle stance yeah. and he says enforcers when you're ready and uh, the two enforcers stand they uh, raise up a hand and says let the battle begin and everyone I want you all to roll initiative <laughs> Dice will roll will return after these messages. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of Dice Will Roll. 
It's me, your genderqueerist GM, Derry. Hope you're digging Fist of Ruby Phoenix so far. Hopefully it will have been worth the wait. Our next episode comes out next Monday, and I hope you'll check it out. If you're new here, or even if you've been here for a while, you should consider checking out our spoiler-free Discord, where you can hang out with the rest of the Dice World community, get alerted to new episodes, and post fan art, and lots more. You can find a link on the show notes or on any of our social medias. You can also check out our merch store, dicewellroll.com store, which has been updated with a ton of new merch like stickers, t-shirts, and our infamous odd body underwear from Extinction Curse. Uh, plus some brand new stuff from Ruby Phoenix on the way too. Be sure to check out our Patreon for ad-free episodes, your name in the episode credits, and most importantly, putting your character in the show as a fighting team on Danger Island. You can find that at patreon.com slash dicewillroll. Lastly, if you want more Dice Will Roll content while you're waiting for the next episode of Ruby Phoenix, check out our last two campaigns. Kingmaker, the story of three friends building up their own kingdom in the realm of fey and dragons. An Extinction Curse, a tale of a traveling circus facing a prehistoric cult that threatens the entire world. They're absolutely incredible adventures, and I'm really proud to put Fists of the Ruby Phoenix out alongside them. That's all for now, gang. Thank you so much for listening, enjoy the rest of the episode, and keep it rolling. We now return to Dice Will Roll. Hell yeah. It's a 38 for 2G. God dirty. Oh, oh, oh shit! My, oh my god. No They're fucking way, way dude. You did not just get a nat 20 for your first roll of the campaign. My oh, first that sounds, roll. That is literally the most KK thing to ever happen, I think. <laughs> god damn, okay. So, um... Pathfinder 2nd Edition, rule recap. On your turn, you have three actions. You can spend those three actions to do any one thing. For example, you could run three times. You could attack three times, although there is a penalty to iterative attacks. So don't just attack, attack, attack. You will get less and less accurate as time goes on. Certain uh, things like casting a spell might take more than one action, just so you can't spam them out multiple times in a turn. However, when Masami rolls a nat 20 on their initiative roll, that means that Masami has four actions on this turn. And the top of the order is gonna go to you, Masami. What do you do? Oh, wait, I have four. Oh. <laughs> four okay. whole actions. Um, and I think what they're going to do... Hey, did we have our weapons out? I'm sure we had our weapons out, right? Since yeah, yeah, you guys, brought, you guys definitely had your weapons out before going into a fight, sure. yeah. Uh, well... I think for this one they had the choke go out. Okay. And uh seeing everyone try to get ready for the fight, I think Masami actually goes in with a blink charge. Okay. So what's blink charge? That's a spell, right? This is a level five spell. Holy shit. Uh, you propel yourself through the fabric of space to deal a blow carrying the momentum of your teleportation. Oh. Yep. Uh, I teleport to an empty space adjacent to a creature that I'm within range of, and I strike with the weapon that I'm wielding. Okay. The strike will deal damage of the damage of my Chokoto, plus 2d8 force damage, depending on uh, the results of my strike. 
So I need you to make me a strike against him. Alright. Ooh. 24. A 24? Uh, who are you attacking this against? I think Masami's going straight for the leader. Fertino? Yep. Okay. Uh, 24 is going to be a miss against him. However, if you're not satisfied with that, you can use one of your hero points. At the start of every session, you all have one hero point, which allows you to bend the rules to uh, do incredible heroic feats. We are also using hero point cards this time around, which are special extra rules where you can spend a hero point card not to just re-roll an attack, but to do something incredible and amazing instead. Randomly generate? I don't know what it is. It'll depend on uh, what you draw secretly at the beginning of every session. So if you want to use your hero point and re-roll that for a better roll, you can. Otherwise, it's up to you. You'll have two actions left. Uh, I am going to be using that hero point, actually, because that was a shit roll for something that yeah, I'm using that 24. No! My god. You're kidding. Y'all are seeing this in real time. You're seeing this in real time? Yep. That's another <laughs> nap 20. So, Masami. You, as you look uh, Tino down, you suddenly vanish, and then you teleport forward, flying into him, and slash him with your Chikuto. Um, And that is going to do regular damage to him, as well as an additional... Oh, shit, on a critical success. Double damage, plus after the strike, you can teleport the target into an empty space up to five feet away from its current position. The new space must be on the ground if it was on the ground, if the air was flying, and so on. So... Roll me your damage. Plus another seven. That is going to be a total of 19 damage. You teleport towards him, and now you teleport him five feet away. Where are you putting him? They're going to move him in front of Chuji. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Masami, you teleport up, you, like, slash at him, and then, like, he, like, lets out a whoop, and there's a whoop. And you cut him through reality and paste him over to the side. And he's like jumbling around like, oh, what? As he looks around and he sees that you have teleported him to be next to Chuji. <laughs> and he is wide-eyed uh, and you have two actions left. Spell strike. Go for it. So how does spell strike work? Remind me. So um, I channel a spell into either a punch or my sword, in this case the sword, for a combined attack. This is the iconic ability of Magus. Barbarians have rage, wizards have spells, you have spell strike. So for two actions, you can hit someone and cast a spell at the same time. Yep. Which is pretty crazy. So what spell are you going to deliver on your spell strike? I think I'm going to deliver a Gale Blast. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so you have to make me an attack roll. Now, this is your second attack in the turn, so this will have a minus five penalty. Okay. Well, it's actually a minus four because you've got a Chikuto, and it's an agile weapon, which lowers how, uh, how much the penalty on your extra attacks. Mm-hmm. That's a 36. A 36? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be another hit. Hey, real fast, Masami, do you have surprise attack from your rogue abilities? <laughs> that I do. Because you moved before him in initiative, that means he's flat-footed. He was not ready for you. 
rogues have that special cool ability, which means as well that his AC is going to be dropped by two. Uh huh. Which means, KK, you're just bringing me to another great, great thing. 36 <laughs> against his flat-footed AC is a critical hit. Woo! <laughs> In Pathfinder 2E, this really is a tutorial fight. In Pathfinder 2E, <laughs> when you beat or lose a DC by 10, you either get a critical hit or a critical success. Because you rolled 10 higher than his AC, he's gonna eat shit. So, yeah. roll me your attack, and then roll me your spell damage, and we'll combine them together and double it. Okay. And also, roll me two sneak attack damage dice because you forgot the last one. Okay, so... And the sneak attack damage is just uh, 1d6, right? Yep, that's been included. Okay. So what does Gale Blast do? Wind flows around your outstretched hands and whirls around you in a five-foot emanation. Each creature uh, around me takes uh, bludgeoning damage. Okay, so uh, is this... Oh, wow, okay. So that's not actually going to hit anyone except for Tino, thank goodness. Wait. Yep. Yeah, because you have expansive spell strike... When you cast a spell that has an area, it doesn't happen... It happens around the targets, which means this will hit Tino, and it'll also hit Malako. And also Chuji, unfortunately. It is a fortitude uh, save. Yeah, so Chuji and Malako both need to make fortitude saves, but Tino is going to get blasted by this wind attack. Fuck. Uh-oh. A 22 for Chuji. 22. Uh, what is uh, your spell DC? 29. 29. Okay, Chuji, you're gonna fail, and Malako also fails. Um, meaning that Malako is gonna take 15 damage. Chuji is gonna take 15 damage from the wind as well, and both of you are pushed five feet back. But poor Tino is going <sighs> to take. A combined 21 plus 15, that's uh, 36, times 2. That's going to be 72 damage to Tino. And then, because you knock him back 10 feet, but there isn't anywhere for him to go behind him, it's a brick wall, you slam him for an extra 10 fall damage. Meaning you did 82 damage to Tino in one go. <laughs> oh my god and he's badly injured by he stumbles whoa <coughs> you see he's like basically like there is like a cra- like a silhouette of him in the wall where he's been like shoved into it after you slash him with your sword and blast a huge hurricane of wind at him uh, he kind of like falls backwards a little bit and then like slumps forward and looks up wipes his eyes yeah you got it well, let's see I'm not down yet Let's see what you got, then. Um, and Masami, that is your turn. Yep. Chuji, it is your turn. Tino Tung here is uh, looking pretty hurt, uh, but then all of his other friends have not been touched yet, except Malaku, who's ruffling their feathers a little bit. Of course. Um, Chuji is, first of all, going to enter Stoked Flame Stance. Okay, so how does this look? What what does Stoked Flame Stance look like? Uh, Stoked Flame Stance, I uh, have decided, is uh, Truji uh, rubbing their hands together uh, and kind of just 
warming them up for blows so fast that it looks like sparks are flying. Oh my god. So because this is a... When you use this, you have slashing damage on your attacks. Are you, like, doing, like, the sides of your hands? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're kind of like that, and you're waiting, running, and then when you're running, you will be able to cut the air so fast you might set them on fire. (laughs) Second action, uh, Chuji is going to uh, hop. Okay. Uh, Probably on the other side of Tino. Okay. Um, And they're very fast. This stance gives them a... uh, Mega speed boost. Like, I don't have it off the top of my head. I think it's something like... plus 15. Okay. So then you have a total speed right now, because normally you have a plus 45 speed boost. Mm -hmm. Plus 15. You have 60 feet of movement per action. (laughs) You are fast. You run past Tino, and he's barely even able to process it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're now standing on the other side of him. What do you do? Uh, I I beat this poor man to death. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel bad, but Chuji doesn't. Uh, Chuji's going to um, Flurry of Blows him, which is okay. two unarmed strikes in a row. Two unarmed strikes in one action. And no mm-hmm. penalties. Nope. That'll be uh, one and two. So the first one is a 28, and the second mm-hmm. one is a 24. 28 is a hit, 24 is not. Okay. So that does, uh, 28 is going to be 14 damage. Okay. And, uh, you slash at him with your, uh, your red hot hands, and, uh, he stumbles back in pain a little bit. Clearly pretty beaten up, um, but not, not, like, dying or anything, you know? Like, you're, I assume you're going non-lethal with these. Oh, of course. Yeah. You're not gonna but murder can, a man. Can fire be non-lethal? Just a question for the future. Uh, I mean, technically, any weapon with the unarmed trait is, and your fist set. Mm-hmm. Chuji, that is your turn. And as you're kind of, like, pulling back, uh, Tino grins at you and says, <laughs> Pretty hot stuff, I'll say that much, bud. But there's <laughs> one thing you've forgotten. Oh, yeah? Always watch your back. And then you hear a noise from behind you. <laughs> Queen of the Goblins coming your way! And... Gig the Goblin is running towards you. Hey, Ritz, okay. do you know what it's like to see Gob? <laughs> I think I'm about to find fuck? out. Because you see Gob <laughs> when Gig the Goblin rushes up to you with her equally busted move speeds. Cool. And she swings her uh, mace at you, her maul, and that is going to be to hit... 32 to hit against you. Mother of God. <laughs> 32. That is going to be uh, just a hit. Uh, and that is going to be 28 damage. Alright, I'll take that. As she slams you hard and she's grinning as Gig hits you with a second action for free, she knocks you back five feet. Ow. Which means that she is now... She, where you were a second ago, she has knocked you back and she's stepped into that space. <laughs> um, and she, like, slams her chest and, like, the armor, like, clangs loudly and she says, Don't mess with Tino's toughest, baby! <laughs> Ooh, good one. Um, and now it is Zumi Ram's turn. 
and Izumi's like, okay, goodbye, boys. And uh, she's going to take a few steps back. And uh, then she is going to cast a spell. Wall of Fire. So uh, she begins to create a huge wall that will separate the, uh, the whole uh, bridge that you're fighting on in half. Um, okay, so no, you don't. Huh? Okay, so I cast Quench. <gasps> okay, what does Quench do? Remind me what wow. Quench does. <laughs> BM. Um, I decided, I decided, fuck you, Firecasters. <laughs> um, and uh, so I can choose a magical fire, a fire spell, or any fire item in the area, and I can try to counteract it, basically. Okay. Um, and then if I if it if I succeed, then it loses its then it loses like the fire is gone for ten minutes. Um, or if it's a spell, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So you can literally counterspell me without having the spell prepared. You just mm-hmm. shoot out a fuck you, hold out the water. Mm-hmm. So um, to do this, you need to make me a nature check, uh, and if it beats her spell DC, then you overpower. Her, um, her cool, cool thing. 31. A 31 will do it. Sanku, how does this look? You see her, like, raising a fist, and the floor beneath uh, Sanku and uh, Masami is starting to, like, start to glow with flame. What do you do? Okay. Um, I think Sanku goes, No, I don't think you'll do that. Um, and he takes his staff that's always in his hand. And he twirls it um, and goes quench, and then um, <laughs> the water, the air gets really, really misty, and the fire, the firewall that was starting to raise, completely is put out. Uh, Zumi looks at you with like big eyes and says, "Oh my! Well, look at me, mis- underestimating you, sir. Now you've got my attention." Oh boy! <laughs> and that is unfortunately her turn. Um, Sanku, Witch Prince of the Sea, your friends are ganging up on Tino here, um, but Zumi over there is, you know, she's casting spells, uh, Malaku is back there holding his head, and Gig just slam-dunked Chuji. What do you do? Um, I need Hex, my Hex or something, the one that makes water... What's it called? Oh, uh, are you... Because you have several hexes. These are one-action witch spells that you can use and then sustain every turn you keep them going for another round. Um, the, you have one... Tidal rings? Tidal rings will uh, summon a great ring of water to kind of clench around people and hold them in place, grappling them from a distance. And that's not Are you thinking of Elemental Betrayal, which lets you boost yes. up your water spells? Yes, that's the one. Okay, describe this for me. How does Elemental Betrayal look? Yeah, I think that um, sort of like little bubbles of water, um, like the, like some of the mist from the air right now, mm-hmm. sort of swirls around him, and then his eyes go a little bluer. Um, so Elemental Betrayal, just for everyone at home, will boost up Sanku's damage and attack rolls with water spells. And uh, as you're doing this, Sanku... Um, the bubbles in your staff, they kind of pop out. It's like the spells are coming from these bubbles in your staff, right? Mm-hmm. They're your spell slots. Yeah. 
I think I'm gonna cast Hydraulic Push. Okay, Hydraulic Push. Sanku, as you wave your baton and air around you, you point your staff at who now? At... I think I'm gonna... I'm, I'm targeting Zumi. You're pushing Zumi, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, make me that spell attack roll. I'm gonna use my hero point immediately. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you missed, unfortunately, but maybe with a hero point you're able to act that water back into her anyway. 37. Um, oh my okay, fucking so. god. That's a critical hit, Sanku. Smile. So, what happens on a critical hit with a hydraulic push? Uh, let's check. <laughs> okay, so that's 3d6 damage if it's level 1. Um, heightened to level 6, so it's 13d6 damage uh, times 2. And she's knocked back 10 feet. Pushed back, huh? <laughs> 10 feet? Yeah, pushed back. So, uh, she, she's standing at the edge of the bridge is the problem. <laughs> Oops. So, fi- so, fire mage? <laughs> so, hit her with duck damage. Roll double damage for me, will you? <sighs> that. <laughs> um, that's 49 damage. Times two. So. Sanku, that is 98 damage. Jesus fucking Christ. And with 10 feet back, you shoot her off the bridge into the water and you hear her go, ah! As a pressurized stream knocks her flying and she lands with a splash into water and you hear, curse you, witch prince! <laughs> it was an accident! Um, <laughs> kind of. Holy shit. I think that's a pretty fave action. Yeah. Welcome to Spellcaster. Thank you. That is your turn. Um, it is now... Malako's turn. Malako kind of ruffles their feathers and uh, swings out their uh, sword. They got a Tengu Gale Blade and uh, they are going to, they're going to run up behind you, Masami and Chuji. They're basically uh, between uh, Masami, Chuji and Sanku. They can reach all of you, which makes the fact that what they do next very scary. Because they're going to ca- uh, use a disarming world. Uh, Malako is going to strike at each of you. Um, and is going to make an athletics check against everyone within their space. Against your reflex DC. To see if they can smack your weapons out of your hands. So, first one against you, Chuji. Doesn't really matter because you don't have weapons. I don't. I have... Fists. fists. You have fists. Connected to my body. So that doesn't matter. <laughs> Second one against you, Masami. That is going to be a 29. Just a 29 hit your reflex DC. That is your reflex save or your deck save plus 10. Nope. Okay. Don't hit. Uh, lastly, against you, Sanku. Sanku, that's a nat 20. Holy uh, shit. As Malaku oh. is swinging their sword, they miss against you, uh, Masami. They do hit you on the wrists, uh, Chuji, which is, ow, fuck you, before <laughs> Malaku turns and kind of ducks and then swipes your sword away. And Sanku, uh, your staff is not flying. Oh, no. Oh. Hey. Uh, and they balance says, yeah, I can't let you get away with hurting Tino anymore. And uh, Lolo kind of pokes his head out of your bag, Sanku. Like, don't worry, Sanku. You don't really need the staff to cast. It's more of an aesthetic thing, remember? 
I like it though. <laughs> well, unless you plan on constantly healing, you shouldn't worry too much. Okay. And now it is Tino's turn. And Tino does something you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. He clasps his hands together and in uh, the language of the angels in Celestial, he prays and he casts Lay on Hands. That's right, baby. He's a paladin of Aurora. Uh, and he's immediately going to restore 48 HP as one action. And he can't do that again because he's used his uh, Lay on Hands for the fight. Uh, but he is then going to kind of crack his neck and says, Yeah, you know what? You guys are pretty good. But hey, let's not go down without a fight. Flurry of Bones! And he's going to attack you, Chuji, with a flurry of blows as well. Woo! So, first one. That is going to be a 24 to hit. Uh, not a chance. And second one. That's a 28 to hit. Closer, on... but also not a chance. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, he kind of uh, grits his teeth as he punch, 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 punch. And you block, 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 block. And he <laughs> grins and says, Ha! Huh, yeah, you really are good. Uh, before they are going to take an action to basically step away. Uh, they're actually going to try run into the back lines because they need to recover. Uh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, no, you have a reaction to attack someone and they run away, don't you? Oh! <laughs> actually, uh, can I also? also? Oh, my God, you can! <laughs> oh, my team God. Attack. Chuji and Masami, you both have reactions for this. Chuji, what do you do? And tell me how it works. Uh, uh, stand still. Yeah, when anyone tries to uh, run away from me, uh, when I, I can make a reaction to attack. So it's basically attack of opportunity. Okay. Not everyone in second edition has attack of opportunity. This means that the fights are a lot more fluid. You don't usually get caught like Kino just did. Um, usually it's only the fighter who gets attack of opportunity, but certain other classes get it as a feat. For example, mm-hmm. uh, Chuji and Masami, what's your reaction? Attack of opportunity. <laughs> cool. Both of you make me an attack of opportunity, basically. No! Not 20. Less, yeah. It's a five. Okay. It doesn't hurt. It does not hit. Masami missed? What, Chuji? That is a nat 20. <laughs> Um, this is something I forgot because we were kind of in the moment. Uh, we do have critical hit cards. Things that happen when you get a crit. Uh, okay, so when you're not 20, that's going to be 32 damage to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, with your crit card, um, and this is slashing damage, right? Yeah. Uh, Chuji, you lash out and you get bewildering display. You hit him so hard that he is completely thrown off balance as he's running back, uh, meaning that he is going to be flat-footed until the end of his next turn. Which does oh, mean man. that retroactively, Masami, mm-hmm. because uh, Chuji rolled first, yours oh, is a hit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's one more thing. Don't, don't go to Masami just yet. Um, oh my god. That was, a, that was a crit, and I am in stoked flame stance, so he is now on fire. As you slash him so hard, he's, like, stumbling backwards, and then you see, like, a sizzling, and then that wound that you left on him bursts into flame, and he is set on fire. He's like, ah! 
Uh, he is now going to take uh, 1d6 persistent fire damage. Okay. And Masami, because he his AC was retroactively lowered, you do also hit. Oh, well. Uh, and he's flat-footed. Yeah, and he's flat-footed for a mm-hmm. turn. Oh, God, that means you're sneaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is, uh, 14 damage. Uh, yeah, you can see that that healing he did to himself a minute ago is already fading away. He is hurt. Um, and that is gonna be your turn, Masami! Okay. (laughs) Uh, you can see that the fire is really, it's starting to beat him up pretty bad. Uh, what do you do? You've got to your north... Geeg the Goblin. Uh, to your south, Malako. Uh, Tino has run up the bridge. And then Zumi is in the water uh, cursing because her nice kimono's all wet. Well, if there's anything I learned from video games, it is to go after the one who's already hurt. <laughs> dimensional Assault. Okay, what is Dimensional Assault? I tumble through space and I hop towards an enemy and make a strike that is half my speed. Half my speed would be 15 feet, the exact measurement I need to get to Tino. Okay. This is a conflict spell. It's a special type of focus spell that you can get back after 10 minutes of focus. And conflict spells have the extra great ability of recharging your spell strike. It sure does. Well, mate, sorry. You go to hit him, make an attack roll. 36. A 36, because he is flat-footed, is a crit. <laughs> uh, so, 30 damage. Holy shit, he's got 1 HP left. Uh, he is at 1 HP as you basically, like, zip forward, like, shoot, as you teleport towards him. You smack him and he stumbles back and he's like, Ah! <laughs> Ooh! You're pretty tough, huh? <laughs> yeah. Sorry about this next part. <laughs> they literally just punch him in the face. <laughs> Arcane! No! Arcane! Fist! You have a feat that means that you have punches that are basically as good as a uh, monk. Yep. <laughs> so make me that attack roll. Minus five. Oh, minus four because it's an unarmed attack. Oh, well, it's still 24, though. 24 is gonna be a miss, unfortunately. Uh, he ducks out of the way as you try to hit him, and just <laughs> sorry, I might be old, but I'm not that old. Oh, that's fine. They go with for it again. Please. Damn, that really? is going to be a critical failure. <sighs> what happens is uh, Masami, as you punch, he catches your hand and he twists it and you're going to take 2d6 damage as he blocks your attack kind of painfully. This is the first damage you've taken in the entire fight. And <laughs> I take two damage. You take two damage. <laughs> and he shakes his head and says, not so fast. <laughs> I've, I've caught my fair share of punches in the past, man. Uh, then you're going to love the ones for my partners. Yeah, Chuji, it's your turn. <laughs> Uh, speaking of punches, um, Chuji is going to make a, uh, special, special cool, uh, epic attack. Um, okay. 
Uh, they're going to use their one-inch punch. Okay, so tell me about one-inch punch. One-inch punch, uh, it is uh, two actions. Or three. Uh, you put all the force... Huh? Or three. Oh, two to three actions. Mm-hmm. It depends on how many you put into it. Um, it is a, uh, a single punch with basically uh, most of your strength behind it. Um, and I'm going to be using three actions to do this. Uh, so I'm going to get extra damage dice. Mm-hmm. That's what that does for me. Okay, go for it. And who are you attacking? Malako or uh, uh, Geek? I am atta- is Geek the goblin? Geek is the goblin. Geek the big. Chuji <laughs> uh, uh, is attacking Gig. Okay. So make me an attack roll against her. Um, it's going to be a 24. Okay, yep, that is a hit because uh, Gig is flat-footed thanks to Misami's positioning. Because if you are flanked, that means that you are automatically flat-footed. Nice. Um... So that's going to be an extra four damage dice to this hit. Holy shit. So that's going to be an extra, what, 48? Uh-huh. Okay, well, roll me that attack um, and then roll an extra 48. Jesus, this would be a nightmare on a crit. So that is uh, 21 damage uh, plus 22. Wow. Uh, that is going to be 43 damage as ba- uh, the way a one-inch punch works is you get real close and then you, like, in a single, like, pow, you, like, deck her in the face. And she gets a pow. Uh, spitting up a toot as she takes 43 damage and Geek stumbles back and then she looks back up at you and she grins and didn't hurt at all <laughs> it obviously hurt quite a lot but <laughs> she's trash talk you know uh, it's her turn yeah, and she grins and says you wanna see it hurt let's go and she's going to swing at you and that is gonna be a 19 to hit that's a crit uh oh <laughs> Let's go! Oh no! <laughs> um. Oh, she rolled. This is bad. She slams herself in the foot, and she's gonna take one d ten persistent bleed damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes, "Oh my! Ah, you'll pay for that, friend." Uh, and she does take one d ten persistent bleed damage. Yes, but uh, she is then going to swing again because swings what she does. And that's a 26 this time. Uh, not a hit. And Barbarian's famous for not really, uh, for hitting and hitting and hitting. She's gonna try one last time. Oh my god. So I rolled a nat 20 again. This is a fight full of nat 20s. Um, now, <laughs> however, 26 would still be a miss, right? Yes. So, when in a case where you roll in at 20 but you still miss, it's not going to be a, a failure. It's not going to be a critical success. It's just going to be a regular success. Meaning she swings and she's going to do 28 bludgeoning damage to you. Okay. And uh, that is her turn. Uh, Chiji takes that uh, and they're like, um, Hey, your trash talk fucking stinks, but at least your moves do too. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh my she's, God. Not very, she's not very smart. Um, it is now poor Zumi's turn. And she's flashing her arms and she's cursing. And unfortunately, <laughs> uh, do any of her spells 
She unfortunately doesn't know how to swim. Oh no! So she's she's splashing. She doesn't have athletics, so she doesn't know how to swim. And she's yelling at us, "You jerk!" Ah! So I didn't know you couldn't swim. I'm a fox. How many foxes do you know that can swim? She says, splashing Me! Hi! What? Oh, good for you, I suppose! Oh, I'm all wet! Um... Sorry! And she... Unfortunately, does not have any spells that will move her. She doesn't have any teleport spells. Um... I guess she's just gonna use all three actions on a magic missile. Uh, so that's gonna be aimed at you, Senku. And, uh, this just hits. Magic missile never misses. And she's spending all her actions mm-hmm. just holding up a hand and shooting darts of magical energy at you. And they twirl up into the sky, spin and blast into you. And Sanku, you're going to take 29 force damage. Mm-hmm. Did I take damage before when the when the, my staff was kicked out of here? No, you didn't. You just knocked your hand. Yeah, you just knocked it away. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and you. she says, <laughs> Get me out of here, someone! And uh, Lolo says, Well done, Sanku! You've coldly thrown her out of her element! <laughs> uh, Sanku, it is your turn. Um, there's a lot going on. She is in a bad place. Tino's in a bad place. What do you do? Uh, Sanku is like, um, hmm. I'm gonna continue um, using elemental betrayal. Continue swinging your thing in the uh, air. And then... I'm gonna use. I'll use um, Spout, I think. Okay. And who are you using Spout on? On him? Or if you cast it on Zumi in the water, it will do extra damage? We're gonna use it on Zumi. <laughs> You'll get her out of the water, I guess. Uh, Sanku, you, uh, you clap your hands together, you don't have your staff in your hand. And uh, beneath Zumi, a burst of water will shoot her from below and. Knock her into the air. Um, so you're going to need to... Uh... No, I oh, need to make a save. A reflex save? Uh, it's a reflex save. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, thank you. That is, that'll work. That'll do it. So roll me that damage. Okay. And I think there might be extra because of the... Yep. The... Okay. Yes. So that's 18 damage. Yeah, that's enough. Um, Plus, I think. Sanku, you blast her into the water, and she collapses on the bridge, and she just is lying face down in a puddle, and she's not getting up. K.O. Well, well, I got her up. <laughs> she doesn't move. Yeah, he smells directly at Malako. Embarrassed. Malako kind of, like, uh, shakes her head in frustration and says... All right, well, take this! And swish, 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 swish! Uh, Malako is going to make a blade barrage, and they're going to attack, they're going to make three melee strikes. Um, And the first one is against you, Chuji, and that is a 37 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay, Uh, that is gonna be 16 damage. Um, And then a second attack, this time going against you, Sanku, 
That's going to be a 32 to hit. Yeah, that's going to hit. Okay, that's 19 damage, Saku. And he's going to try one last time against you. Mm-hmm. That is a 19 to hit against you. My AC is 29. Uh-oh! So instead of making you bleed with their fast, fast attacks, Malako is instead... Oh, sh... Hey, uh, real fast. Uh, Sanku, I need you to make me a reflex save. It's a good one, don't worry. There we go. Um, 33. A 33? Okay. Hey, Sanku. Uh, Malako swipes at Chuji, then swings around to you, swipes once, and then you're like, ah! And you kind of, like, with your hands waving, just grab, and then you're like, wait, what? And you're both looking at each other, and Sanku, you're holding their sword. Oh. Get your back! <laughs> Uh, they're going to make an Alex roll to try get it back, but this is going to be at a minus 10. Uh, because they've already attacked several times. That's a 27 against your reflex DC, so your reflex plus 10. Uh, my reflex is already a plus 20. <laughs> they try to get their sword back, but it's not working. Um, no, I don't think I'll give it back. You made me drop my staff. And Tino looks down at Zumi. Looks down at himself, and he raises his hands, and he says, All right, everyone, that's enough. We did good, but we know who the winners are. Tino's toughest, surrender. <laughs> Masami raises an eyebrow. And everyone kind of just drops a little bit. And as uh, Tino's toughest, surrender, you guys have won. And you've all gained 80 experience points! Ooh. Are we doing experience points? No. But it, oh. <laughs> it felt like it would be cool, because, you know, the kind of a video game vibe here, you, you know? Uh, yeah, 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 sure, I guess. <laughs> you know, 80 experience points? Dare was about to subject us to math. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, we do milestone. Uh, you level up when I say you level up. Uh, Tino kind of like skips over to uh, Zumi and shakes him a little bit and Zumi lets it up <laughs> and Tino looks up and you can see that he's smiling but he's really hurt and he says listen man we know when we're beat there's no point in us being totally beat up before we're supposed to clean out our base right Nah, it's okay. You can say you're just tired, old man. We are. I am tired. You guys got some real spunk, you know? Thank you. Uh, Senku returns the sword. Malako sheepishly <laughs> picks up the, uh, the staff and gives it to you. <laughs> Thank um, you. Uh, Tino standing beside you, Masami, uh, puts out the fires a little bit on, their, on his shoulders uh, and offers you a hand to shake. He says, hey, from one team captain to another... You did real good. Masami raises both eyebrows now and says, Team Captain. Oh, I, I... I kind of assumed, right? You you kind of got the energy. <laughs> no, there's no captain here. Huh. Well, from one fighter in orange to another, they grin. That's better. You knocked me down real hard. I, I was starting to see everything, you know? Like uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Woo. I wouldn't want to get into a real fight with you, you know? Oh, please. I wouldn't go that far. I was trained better than that. (laughs) Actually, a lot of us are injured. Why don't I... Well, I can cast a spell that would heal us all up over some time. It'd take, like, an hour, I think? Uh, 
Jig looks at you and says, What kind of spell takes an hour to cast? Soothing spring, my gosh. <laughs> Tino raises an eyebrow and says, Huh, and what, what's soothing spring do real fast? Um, it, I mean, you take a bath and it heals. It's like a hot springs. Are you... Like, and just make it anyway. Are you casting Hot Springs episode? Yes, episode one, Hot Springs episode. <laughs> <laughs> right wait, now. wait until like episode ten. No. Tino, <laughs> uh, Tino, kind of um, rolls his neck a little bit, and he says, oh, "I mean, after that wind spell you hit me with, Masami, uh, I could really use a nice hot bath, you know." <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's okay. We all know you have stiff shoulders, <laughs> and they wink. <laughs> Tino looks a little shocked. He's like, huh. And before, uh, he just grins and kind of, he like gives you a friendly, like a dad punch on the shoulder. You know, he doesn't even touch you. But he, you know, the motion. Yeah. Uh, Zumi gets up and she's like, you intend to get me wet again? Yeah. <laughs> it's a soothing bath. It, it's actually nice. Uh, oh, I suppose I do have some stresses I need to work out. And Gig kind of like throws her hands in the air and says, yeah, let's go! It's bath time! Sanku, you are casting Suiting Spring. Can you read out what Suiting Spring does? Steam wisps into the air as a stone-lined pool appears in the ground and fills with hot water that bubbles up from the earth. The water is comfortably hot and smells mildly sulfurous in a not unpleasant way. Um, you're able to draw out the full energizing potential of the mineral-rich water, and any creature that spends the full hour soaking in the hot spring um, or basking in the mud from the bottom of the pit. What the? F- okay. Oh, that's a uh, thing. They I know gain, that, yeah. they, they regain 10d8 hit points. 12d8 because it's heightened. Okay, 12d8. 12d8 hit points um, and you feel refreshed and you can lose the fatigued condition. Um, so the one thing is that while this is casting and, um, you know, uh, I think I think uh, like people will, like get some towels and go change in privacy. Uh, there is one person who is not getting into the pool. Shuji, mm. you stand on the sides in a towel, looking a little cross. I don't think they would. Uh... <laughs> this is a positive spell. Oh yeah, Chuji Chuji got excited a little bit. I think that they forgot <laughs> that stepping um... into this pool would be like stepping into a bath of holy water for them. Yeah, they're, like, about to, like, step into it, and they do, like, a 360, and they're like, oh, my god, wait, 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 I totally forgot. Uh, I'm sorry! I'll try and figure uh, out a way to heal you. Zumi looks at you and says, is something the matter? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, um, they actually look a little bit embarrassed. Um, I can't be healed by positive energy is the thing. Um, I think uh, she glances at uh, Tino. Uh, Malako kind of, like, you know, clears her throat a little bit. But Tino grins and says, Hey man, everyone's different, right? You got some? He- you want some healing potions? Here! And I think uh, Tino is actually going to uh, drop you some healing potions. Uh, he throws them out to you, and you are going to be able to drink three greater healing potions. Oh. Uh, you sure, man? You bet us in a fight. It's the least I can do. In fact, hey, uh, kind of turns and he rustles back through his, like, pack. And, uh, he brings out some wep- uh, some stuff. And he says, uh, this is for you, Tree. You guys are real good. 
Uh, here. This is a Wand of Death Ward. Uh, you know, for showing us a good time. And uh, on top of that, uh, he rustles. Just because, you know, you guys are pretty young. You know, like I said, kid's age. I want to see you guys do well. So, uh, here. And he pulls out two Ghost Touch Runes. Uh, they're on little stones. And when you apply it to a weapon, it'll give you Ghost Touch. And he kind of winks. Oh, shit. I've heard this whole island is covered in undead. I hate for the ghost to get the better of you before we have a chance to fight again in the tournament. There's ghosts on this island? Oh yeah, a whole island's full of them. It's not called Danger Island for nothing, man. Noted. <laughs> so, uh, Sanku, will you roll me 12d8 healing? And uh, Chuji, we'll get you a drink in a second. I just love the idea of two groups of people healing together like this. By the way, I can have up to 16 people in this. Mm -hmm. Oh god. That's good. Uh, so that's going to be 57 healing to everyone. Except Chuji. Chuji, you... Uh, I think what happens is... Uh, you... There is a lake, uh, like a pool near you. Uh, Zumi uh, makes sure to make it real hot with fire magic. <laughs> so uh, you're close by. You're not in the main pool, but you're close by. And you are yeah. going to restore 98 plus 30 healing from these three potions. Alright. 67. Nice! Okay, and that brings you back nearly to full, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys have your little hot spring. Everything is good. And then eventually... Uh, <laughs> I think the enforcers are, like, sitting on the sidelines, like, looking at each other, like, damn, okay. <laughs> this is going to be a long tournament. Uh, you guys uh, get dressed and, uh, you know, the pool dissipates. You all feel so relaxed. Even you, Chuji. You all feel great. And uh, you stand up and uh, Tino grins and says, Well, you know what? I really think you guys got it. With a, with a little bit of luck and a lot of trying, I'm sure you guys will be the Ruby Champions, hey? <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Hey, man, you ever need, you ever want to, like, another spar? Come find us and we'll happily throw down again. Although, you know, you'll probably beat us, so go easy on us, yeah? We don't want to be disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think uh, he bows a little bit. Uh, Malako kind of waves and says, Fighting you all was enlightening. Thank you all very much. I look forward to meeting you all again soon. You too. Um, Zumi, uh, she kind of like uh, waves at you, Chuji. She uh, winks at you, Masami. She looks at you, Sanku, before she's <laughs> grinning and <laughs> like kind of patting your shoulder and says, great work, everyone. See you again soon, I hope. And uh, Gig says, good luck, see you. <laughs> and see ya, you guys were a good warm up. And uh, you can all decide who gets what runes. Masami and Chuji, I assume you're going to get the runes, right? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. Probably. Yeah, I don't think I need them. Okay. Well, uh, you can add that to your hand wraps, uh, Chuji. And uh, Masami, you can add that to whichever item. I think your... Um, 
your Kama already have the Tundring Rune, right? Yep. So, so I'm maybe... going to put it on my Chocoto. Okay, awesome. Um, and with that, you guys split ways. And um, you're able to return to your journey. So you start traveling through the jungle a little bit more. And uh, Hikari kind of like glances at you guys and says, Well, I trust that was a, a sufficient warm-up for you all. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Could have been better. You are so mean. You're nice. <laughs> so as you guys are walking back, uh, Lolo kind of floats in front of you all. And he's like, well, friends, how was your first fight in the Ruby Phoenix Tournament pre-qualifiers? Do you find yourself sufficiently hyped up? Yeah, I really like that. I really like them. I had a good time. I felt really bad for throwing that for that girl in the water, though. I did not. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean to do that so fast. <laughs> I thought we'd be able to knock them all out. I don't know why they gave up so early. It was just like a. Spa. That's a spar, right? That was just a spar because Indeed. it wasn't like four. Yeah, it wasn't like four it... And Tina was literally yeah. so close to getting knocked out. So, I guess he just saw it fit to call it quits there because if he got knocked out, there was probably not much of a way that the entire team would jump on us. One of them was yes. already in the water. Again. Tino was like was so funny. close to getting knocked out. Then it would have been what? Two left? Good. Two V three. That's how a fight goes. You get That's everyone true, in the team. But it wasn't exactly an entire fight. They just wanted they they wanted a bit of a challenge. They wanted a spar. They didn't want the they didn't want the full experience of a fight just yet. Besides, we still have to get all three of our feathers. And they do too. Ugh. Now friend Chuji, recall. Not everyone is as bloodthirsty as you, as it were. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, that keeps people alive, <laughs> <laughs> Like I said. <laughs> oh, God. In some cases, it's better to play smarter than play harder. <laughs> so, uh, Ikari sighs a little bit and says, Well, I'm glad that that's all out of your systems because the real trials are about to begin. And she pulls back a leaf and exposes you all to a very scary-looking building. A simple dirt path leads up to a large pair of wooden doors, bearing numerous intricate carvings. Two statues, each of an androgynous human, stand to either side of the doors, though the southern statue has been knocked over and now lies in pieces in the grass. Large webs cover the temple door and the exterior walls to the northeast and southwest. Something massive rides in the thick webs that cover the northwest wall. And uh, uh, Hanazaki Hikari steps forward and says, This will be your first challenge to clear out the Temple of Irori and find somewhere safe to stay for the night. Within the temple, there are three silver feathers, but you will only gain them if you can brave what lies within. Oh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I'm going to explode. But Sanku, look closely. What do you see over the doors and the walls? Sanku looks? It's fucking spiderwebs everywhere. Like massive fucking <laughs> spiderwebs. Oh, great. There's spiderwebs. Now, what do you think that might mean for what lies within? <laughs> that there's spiders? Excellent deduction, Sanku. You have earned yourself. And he 
disappears into the bag and comes out. A bonbon! Oh, thank you. I am taking that. <laughs> Gives you the bonbon. And remember, everyone, if you do well too, you as well can earn your bonbons. Thank you, Lola. Very cool. Yeah, thanks. Looking forward to it, man. Uh, Carrie uh, steps back and says, if you don't mind, I'll let you guys handle this. I don't particularly want to get too close. That, no, that's fair. I understand. Probably the best cool. idea. Uh, well, see you on the other side then. Mm-hmm. And yell if you get into danger and we'll save Oh, I'll be watching. I'm just gonna watch from like 30 feet back. Yeah, that's fair. Alright. As you try to open the door, uh, Chuji, which I can see you're trying to do, yeah, oh, there's goodness. just too many webs. There's like webs Ooh. all over this thing. You are not going to be able to open that door. Uh, Chuji says someone fire. Okay, oh. how are you going to do this? Uh, <laughs> Chuji gets into their uh, soaked flame stance and just keeps hitting until they set it on fire. Okay, so <laughs> Chuji, you step back, you start uh, crossing your hands real fast, using them like uh, igniters. And then, swipe, 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 swipe. And as you do, smoke starts to hiss from the webs. And fire starts to spread. That, mm-hmm. You solved my spiderweb puzzle remarkably easily. <laughs> and Lolo Big says, burn. well done, Chuji. You've also earned a bonbon. Ooh, give it here right now. <laughs> that was not Lolo. He's looking at us. Hmm. That wasn't me, guys. Uh, hmm? <laughs> and you see something crawling from the top of the building as the fire starts to spread. It's a spider. A really, really big spider. Oh shit. Why is oh it god, glowing? it's glowing. Why is it glowing? <laughs> 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 Does it have a torch? I. It had a torch! <laughs> Sorry, damn. <laughs> A massive spider comes out from atop the building, disturbed by you burning the webs. It stands as large as an elephant with yellow fur, purple fangs, and stripy yellow and purple legs. As it looks down at you all, it hisses, raises up its arms, and screeches before jumping down, ready to make a meal out of you all. This episode of Dice Will Roll would not have been possible without the support of our patrons. Ferric Falcon, Luis Loza, Thon Sims, Alexander Criswell, May Cohen, Skyly, Boris Tellian, Kendra West, Ren, Genuinely Tricked, Transgirl Trish, Zurenwald, Baal Punyan, Johnny the Catman, Matthew Wilson Krasnovich, 
Tillin Shark, Theron, Glitch HD, Jay Snooks, Zenith Drums, Josh Heatcoat, Torbjor, Introduction, Sophia Valera, G Barbera, Luke, Gideon, Sarah B, Seth, Ravona Darklow, Delore, Kira, Lichelope, Gizmo, Matthew, Cass, Fable Mackledoff, Eva, Rem T. Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Steph, Sean C, Natashley Lumley, Rhiannon C, Ellie, Jenna Mitchell, Kane Kendrick, Triceratops, Grey Kitsune, Anna Maria, Roxy, Jordan, Cynical Spinsters, Emlyn Laderna, John the Book Hoarder, SS66 Seeker, and Dame Valerie the Third. Special thank you to the patrons who submitted fighters for this episode. Malako by Fable McElduff. Gig the Goblin by Gizmo. Zumi Rain by SS66 Seeker. And Tanizaki Hikari by Anna Maria. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to know what you can get for helping us keep it rolling, check out patreon.com slash dice will roll. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.